0: Everybody, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Who's Greg? Well, I had to explore the world and go find a Greg. And I think I found the perfect Greg for our audience today. Um, Greg, I've known Greg for probably about, I want to say, five years. Um, I've watched this person live their life. I've watched this person grow. I've watched this person overcome. And I thought that it would be... Pleasant to have Greg on our podcast or my podcast. Sorry, it's not ours. Um, so I'm gonna let Greg share who he is a little bit, where he's from, how old he is, and then I'll start asking him some questions for you guys.
1: All right. Well, I guess we're here. Um, my name is Greg. Uh I would say first and foremost, I, I identify as a husband. Um, after that, son, brother, friend, um, you know, at the very bottom of that list is employee because I think family should come first. But uh, yeah, I met Brittany early on in my journey. I'm also a person in recovery. Um, I'll have five years sober this November. (laughs) Thanks, Britt. And yeah, I mean, that's really just the basis of it i mean if you want just like you know baseline statistics i'm a 28 year old uh white male so (laughs) (laughs) there you go here you go brit
0: so greg where where are you from where did you grow up
1: so i originally grew up in new jersey i stayed there till i was about 18 years old from there i went to college in south carolina i i evidently you know flunked out of that for partying awfully hard um I had a really good time though. You know, a lot of times I joke about like, oh, I'm still paying student loans. I didn't get anything out of it. But like I had, I gained a lot of valuable life experiences, mostly mistakes, but like they're still really important to, I guess, my, my character development overall. Um, So after I turned 18, I pretty much lived exclusively uh, south. After that, I went to Florida for a little bit and tried to get my life together, found uh you know a brief stint of success out there for 6 months or so from there i moved out to california and found no success that was nothing but failures but once again more character development um and then from there uh i i moved to texas and this is where you know i've planted my roots and i mean quite frankly i don't i don't think i'll ever leave i want to start a family here i want to raise kids here i want to retire here you know this is uh it's a, it's my favorite place i've ever lived
0: what is what is the personalities like in New Jersey compared to Texas?
1: <laughs> um, well, so here's the funny thing. I think they're both obnoxious, right? <laughs> I think, I, but for very different reasons. Like people in in New Jersey are very, um, I would say abrasive is the best word for it. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, hell, y- y- you'll hear fuck you more on the subway than you'll hear like, hello, how are you? <laughs> and shit like that. Um, but then once I moved to Texas, it's, it's obnoxious in its own way. And I fucking love the culture of it. You know, just like the Texas does it best. Everything's bigger in Texas. Like, and, and I find I've always seen stuff like that in memes and on TV and in the movies and I actually, you know, get get to experience it now. Like I have one friend who who'll just stand up for Texas. Like it's he'll die on that hill basically. <laughs> is what I'm getting at. We've gotten into so many arguments over it. Um, so yeah, I guess in in summary, uh both obnoxious, both loud, but very very different as well. Am I obnoxious? Yes, but not in a normal Texas way. You're, you're like obnoxious in your own like bubbly bright, but a great kind of obnoxious. It's like, it's like magnetic people, people really like it, but yeah, I'm obnoxious too in my own ways. Yeah,
0: it's okay, Greg. Um, so I want to ask too, where, what were you going to college for?
1: Oh, well, that's fun. Um, originally I was going for marine biology, um, which would have been my dream actually. Like if I could do anything, it would be that, Um, whether the science is behind it, or even uh, when I was living in Florida, I got really into like underwater photography and shit like that. I I had a waterproof camera and I'd go diving down at the reef and take pictures of various coral and fish and sharks and turtles. Um, But yeah, I've always I've always been drawn to the water, specifically the ocean. Um, However, I couldn't keep up with the math load um, for a marine bio major. So I just switched to uh, business management. And, uh, you know, Probably a semester or two after that, I ended up failing out well yeah
0: that 's pretty cool, yeah, I did not know that about you
1: well, honestly i the reason I failed out was also part of medical leave. This is a quick story um, i was uh, I was in my house in college, and I was robbed at gunpoint in my living room. Um and uh I got stomped out on a hardwood floor and I got my jaw broken in three places.
0: Holy crap. Yeah,
1: and so I ended up I ended up going home on medical leave, but the plan was to come back to college. However when my jaw was wired shut, I mean dude, I couldn't eat. I could only drink like, you know, waters and puddings and smoothies and gravies. It was really miserable and uh that's actually when i really got into drugs um i always always enjoyed getting high and i definitely had you know a physical dependence on on you know opiates throughout my high school years but this was when it like took off and i started using the needle because i mean dude i couldn't eat but you know my veins still worked perfectly fine so that was kind of when it took off and i just never returned um so i just say flunking out you know casually uh, because, you know, it's a much longer story and not everyone <laughs> has, has time for that in casual conversation.
0: So, did, was were you closer to your mother at the time?
1: At this point in my life, yeah. Um, definitely. I would, I would say I have a really good relationship with both of them now. But at that point in time, I was definitely a lot more reliant on my mom. I was reliant on her for everything. I mean, I was living in her house just, you know shooting dope and eating her food and drinking her booze like I was I was I was just a parasite you know what I mean but we I mean she was way more involved in my life at that point in time but today we I got good relationships with both
0: was she aware of your drug use and how you were injecting your drugs
1: yes but i think she kind of turned a blind eye i mean that's how my my whole family has always been it's like you know mind your business with other people's issues so we'd all kind of uh, sweep it under the rug because i mean between all of us that were under that roof at the time we all had our own issues and it you know one would only call out another one on it every now and then so uh she was aware but like i mean I I, I don't know. It would have to be like the, you know, the planets aligned for anyone to actually say something about it.
0: Yeah. So speaking of your job being closed, what other situations have you been in where you had to go to the hospital? Oh, yeah.
1: Here we go. Um, So uh, as I alluded earlier when I was talking about, uh, you know, all the places I've lived, um, the reason I left California is because I overdosed, right? And uh, my overdose was really, really complicated. I was in the hospital for uh, 24 days. I have very little recollection of it. I mean, um, but I'll tell you what I do remember. So I, I had a stroke um, either caused by the overdose or simultaneously with the overdose or while I was unconscious. There's a lot of things that I still didn't get any medical answers on to this day. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I lost control of the left side of my body below my waist. And initially it was completely below the waist as time's gone on. I'm pretty good. Pretty, I'm down to the ankle. I'm all right. I can't wiggle my toes. I can't move my foot, whatever. Um, but while I was in the hospital, I also, I was on dialysis because my kidneys have failed. They didn't know if my liver would ever be fully functioning again. Um, I had a catheter in me. I had a pick line in my neck. Like there was, um, I remember asking the doctor, like, maybe 10 days into my stay, like, hey, like, will I ever, you know, be off dialysis, or can I leave the hospital, and I'll never forget, he looked me in the eyes, and he said, I don't know, um, mm. so, uh, obviously, I'm I'm out of the hospital now, um, but yeah, I was told I would never walk unassisted again, I would be lucky if I didn't ever have to go, uh, you know, to the dialysis center every week, or whatever it is, Um, But, you know, thankfully, uh, I've made, you know, an almost full recovery, I still can't use my foot too well. But I mean, all things considered, I'd rather, I'd rather have that issue than having to go, you know, get dialysis somewhere once a week. So I'll, I'll take the foot.
0: I like your foot. Uh, um, Greg, was that the last time you used? Was that the bottom right there?
1: Interesting question. No, it was not. I actually, I left the hospital and I continued to get high. So I I tried to go to treatment right from the hospital. However, I couldn't get medically approved anywhere um, because like I said, at that point in time, I wasn't able to use my leg. I wasn't able to dress myself. It's not like I was someone who is used to being disabled where... I could be independent, Um, you know, bathing was a struggle getting dressed was a struggle using the restroom was a struggle. And so whenever I would do pre screens to you know, try and go to treatment, I would always get denied and they would say, Hey, you're gonna have to go to a nursing home and do a detox there or something, but there's nothing we can do we don't have a, you know, there's no one here whose job it is to help you get dressed in the morning. So with that being said, um, I had to get cleared by a doctor and a physical therapist before I could finally go to treatment. And so there, that was about, it was a little over 90 days. I think it was like 93 days exactly from the time I left the hospital to the time I admitted to treatment. And um, I was getting high that entire time. Um, I, I was on all sorts of medications straight from the doctor. I was on methadone, Adderall, ambient muscle relaxers, this, that. Um, I was smoking THC cartridges. I was drinking every day. Um, whenever I could get heroin, I would do that too. I was buying Xanax off the streets to kind of boost the Adderall dosage. And um, yeah, I I, can t- I was I was high pretty much every minute every day for that 93 days. And I remember certain moments where. You know, I was running out of my prescription or, you know, like uh, there was no booze left in the house or whatever. And I was I was terrified um, just at the idea of having to be sober for like five minutes mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't I didn't know what it felt like anymore. You know what I mean? I had I, never been someone that was handicapped. I'd always been outside and mm-hmm. outgoing, jumping off bridges, swimming with sharks, like doing things like that. And now I'm just this 100-pound skeleton in a wheelchair. And, uh, you know, I I was terrified of actually having to, like, sit with that even for 30 seconds. And so I just continued to get high.
0: What was the breaking point to get you sober? This last moment, the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak.
1: Well, it's funny you ask that. So I... Even when I finally made it into treatment, I wasn't really sold on the idea of getting sober. Um, I I had ideas of just going back home and staying on disability for the rest of my life and staying on pain meds for the rest of my life because I could get that prescription. Still to this day, I could walk into any doctor's office and because of my nerve pain, just walk out yeah. laced up <clears throat> with all sorts of stuff. And uh, you know, I. I Around two weeks into my stay in treatment, you know, I, I chose not to do that. I said I was like, "You know what like i 'm tired of starting my life over. Um, I want to be a better person, I want to get my life back and so i said i 'll just try this shit one time like i 'll do all the stuff that I never wanted to do right like i'll i'll do the sober living i'll do the follow up, the aftercare, the meetings, the sponsor, the step work i 'll do it all one time, and i 'll see if it works and lo and behold." Uh, it did, and part of me is angry about that because I, I wanted <laughs> to be uh, I wanted to be like exclusive, where like oh <laughs> uh, y'all couldn't fix me, but um, <laughs> you know it worked, and so and, and obviously I'm grateful for that now, and I would do it all over again the same exact way. Like I'm not I'm not tripping over you know any of my you, my nerve pain, my foot issues, like anything like that. Like my life is so good, and I'm glad I did what I did, and uh, I I don't really know what it was, man. I mean I saw. I saw people, you know, like you actually at the time when you were working there um, who were happy, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know what, if, if this is what they did to get that, like, <laughs> I'll just fucking try it. And so that was kind of like my my first moment of like, I'll just I'll just do this. And it worked. So.
0: Greg, that makes me really proud of you. Um, you know, I find your story very this is why I asked for you to be on here because it's just very impactful. You probably thought in your life, like how could this happen to me? You know, with your leg, knowing how, you know, active you were knowing how, you know, you, 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 I just would never think that that would happen, you know. And so, you sharing yourself this way, exposing yourself, is really awesome. Um, since you've been living this life in recovery, if the person listening to this, if they're like, "Oh, sobriety's lame, recovery's lame," what would you say to that person?
1: I would say that getting sober is lame. It sucks, and that's probably all that they know. I mean, anyone that's had like. Long term is successful sobriety, they won't tell you that it sucks. I mean, but if you're like me, let me just say, like me, if you are doing what I used to do and just give 50% and pick and choose what you want to do and keep failing, like, yeah, it sucks, but it's not sobriety that sucks. It's the fucking plan that you make for yourself and it keeps failing. Like, that's what sucks. Failure sucks. You know what I mean? Starting your life over sucks. Like, and anyone says otherwise, they're probably crazy. Um, but like just do it all do it one time and never have to start your life over again like you know i have been able to build like a really cool life i'm married i have a dog we have our own place i love my truck i have hobbies passions friends family like um and anyone can have all of that if they just you know just do it that's it it's so simple right it's so simple and i i delayed it for so long because I thought I knew better, but like, you know, spoiler alert, I don't and you probably don't either. So just fucking do it, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Um, let's talk about, did you think that during this, if I were to go to you five years ago would and I told you you would be married to a beautiful woman, would you believe me?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure I figured it out one way or another. But I will tell you this. If you would have told me that, I would be as, like, happy and fulfilled in my relationship with someone who's a, a complete opposite from me? No, I wouldn't have believed that. But, like, with this whole journey, you know, and being open-minded and um, all that stuff, like, I mean, dude, my my wife and I, we, we haven't even been married for a year yet, we, but we've been together this entire time. I met her You know, in detox, and a lot of people, (laughs) exactly. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, it'll never work. It'll never work." Blah blah blah. Well, guess what? I did my thing. She did her thing, and we just so happened to follow the same path and fall in love. And so, dude, we don't fight. We've been together for five years, and we've had one fight. Right? And it was it was more of an argument. It was actually over adopting a cat. So that's the extent of like what you know, what turmoil you know we've had, and it's nothing. And it's because you know. I, she's She's got her program I have my program And we just so happen to be in love You know And I think that's why we found success
0: When did you know you were going to marry this woman?
1: Ooh Let me think Let me think I don't know If there was one moment in particular So I think a lot, right? Yeah. I don't necessarily feel a lot But I think constantly And I mean after spending so much time with her and her family and seeing how amazing her family was and just the way that she makes me feel. And like when I was able to be aware of how much she's caused me to grow um, because of our different communication styles and love languages. And like, I'm very neurotypical and she struggles with, you know, more depression and things like that. Like she, once I came to the realization that like she has made me nothing but a better person and like, I just want you know the best for her and the best for me and like we help each other achieve that like once all that clicked I mean I just I just knew it was really only a matter of time I I was just nervous to get a ring and talk to her family and my family but you know (laughs)
0: did you ask her family before asking her?
1: Yes. So I I so I actually, I talked to my family first, obviously, right? Because, I, I mean, I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I want to marry this girl. I just want to let you know. I haven't done anything yet. I don't have a ring. I haven't talked to her family. But I just want to let you know that that's, this is where we're going. And, and she was over the fucking moon. Um, she was so happy because uh, she loves Sadie. Um, and then from there, um, I, I got a ring. I was actually given one, uh, by my mom that was given to her. So it was like a family ring and it's really nice too. If it wasn't, I probably would have picked out my own because I'm very, (laughs) I'm very particular about that kind of stuff. Um, and so then from there, uh, her, her parents are so funny. I messaged them on like a Saturday and this is when she had a, a different job and, you know, she worked weekends and I messaged them and I said, hey, I'd like to take you guys out to the lunch. Please don't tell Sadie I'll be in town. And immediately they knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh my God, well, the mom at least was like, oh my God, oh my God, okay, oh my God, okay. Like she knew it immediately what it was like. And so, uh, yeah, we went out to lunch together and uh, I thought this was really funny. I was just kind of, you know, doing my, I don't I don't wanna say rant, but like maybe presentation on like what we're doing there. And I guess I worded the last sentence wrong and uh, her dad goes, well, are you are you telling us that you're going to marry her or are you asking us if you can marry her? And I was like, the second one, definitely the second one. Sorry, I've never done this before. And we all had a good laugh and they said, of course, and the only stipulation they said was that I can't, uh, I can't steal her away and move back to New Jersey, but that's never going to happen. So everyone yeah. was satisfied.
0: Why don't you ever want to go back to New Jersey? <laughs>
1: Honestly, a lot of reasons. Uh, I one, I think a lot of the laws suck. Um, I think it's extremely expensive. I think they tax everything. I think you have very few personal freedoms out there, um, and uh, and yeah, it, it's so crowded. I mean, it's the most densely populated state in the United States. Like, I, I like open air and free spaces, and you know what I mean. Like, just open earth, you know, and that just doesn't really exists there and uh you know i love my family and they'll always be there so i'll continue to visit but i mean i will i will never ever live there again i just i just can't get down with uh with the culture i guess
0: you said earlier that you have hobbies now what are those hobbies today
1: okay um so i had to get creative um in finding things that i could do because you know i'd always been skating and surfing and doing all these things i touched on earlier but i I still can't do that stuff with my foot right i mean i can't hop on a board and do anything um so i i got really into into hunting once i got out here and then on top of that another one of my uh one of my hobbies is uh, I really like collecting Pokemon cards. Uh, I know that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's a little odd, you know, uh, but it's very nostalgic and it brings me back to, you know, when I was a kid. And, you know, both of those things don't require me doing anything crazy with my feet. Granted, hunting can get a little crazy. Like, you know, you have to haul a, a big animal into the bed of your truck. If you're by yourself and it's dark out, it's absolutely not easy. Um, but it it 's certainly easier on my foot than say you know jumping down a pair of stairs on a skateboard mm-hmm. like I used to do, um, and you know i 'll say this too like i I really do believe that um, hunting is has been part of like my spiritual growth, mm-hmm. um, like some of the things I experience out there, like uh, the property that I go on um, there 's no cell phone service out there, so there's really there 's not even a need to bring your cell phone um, so i mean dude when you're when you 're sitting out there alone in the world you know for hours at a time it's just you and your mind like and you have to just practice like patience and gratitude and like dude the gratitude of like when you actually harvest an animal and get to like feed it to your friends and family like it's uh it's something i never experienced until i moved out here you know like it's it's uh, i don't know why i'm so proud but like i'm so eager to share it with people um and you know the story that comes along with it and like honoring that animal you know what i mean like um it was it was a moment that we shared and uh so yeah I've, I've absolutely grown um spiritually through that process pokemon not so much that's just like <laughs> it's just expensive and ridiculous but i enjoy it so you know it is what it is
0: if you can hunt anywhere in the world where would you hunt
1: um let's see i would either do uh i would either do alaska Um, and they have some really cool things you could do out there, whether it's bear or elk or something. Um, so that would be really cool. cool. Um, or, or I would like to go, uh, out to Africa, um, because they have some really gnarly hunting safaris out there. Like you can go ahead and get Buffalo or, you know, whatever it is that you're into. But I think, I think Africa would be really cool. Um, and I think Alaska would be really cool.
0: If you can find any Pokemon card out there, what which one do you want to find the easiest or for the what would be like the grand moment like I got it.
1: Well, I would just choose a grail. Uh, I would uh I would I would get the, would get the first edition Charizard Hollow. I mean, uh in mint condition and I mean, dude, those things sell for well over $250,000 when wow. you get them graded. Uh and there's, you know, a very small population of them circulating because no one took care of them when we were kids myself and I used to go swimming with mine, you know what I mean? So like <laughs> It's uh it's very hard to find something that old in such pristine condition. So I mean, I would I would just go with that for nostalgia reasons and also the value. So
0: Got it. I'm looking for one right now as we speak for you. Um what who is who has become your best friend while being in recovery?
1: Mm, okay, well Easy answer, my wife. And I do mean that from the bottom of my heart. She is my best friend. You know, I mean, we spend every day together. We do all of our adventures together. Like, I mean, she is my number one best friend. Um, And then, you know, it's tough to pick just one, but I have a buddy, Parker. um, I have a buddy, Nate. Um, I have a buddy, Alex, and then I have my other friend group too. Like I have two main friend groups. I have like the boys trip friend group and we go, you know, out to the ranch and go do, you know, ignorant redneck stuff. And then I have my other friend group, which is people who, you know, got sober shortly after my wife and I did and they just kind of adopted us. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, and they have a band together and they all live together. And so I would say those two groups mean a whole lot to me. Uh, So... And you know what I mean, Uh, for each for each for different reasons, you know, I have my hangout group, and then I have my, you know, balls to the wall, let's do something, you know, extreme group. So uh, I'm I'm grateful to have both of them.
0: You think having friendships and recovery is a huge, vital thing to have?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be it would be miserable without it, you know? I mean, uh I, I think connection is super important and having like-minded individuals in your corner and in your support group that uh one you can recreationally hang out and kick back with, but two, like if you do need some sort of constructive criticism or, mm-hmm. you know, a reality brought to you, you you now have someone who you're comfortable enough hearing that from. Um so yeah, no, I I I think it's it's probably the most important thing. <laughs> excuse me in my opinion is uh is having like real true meaningful relationships with people platonic relationships so yeah
0: let's talk about your dog for a moment
1: oh yeah
0: when did you get your dog how long have you had your dog what is your dog's name and what is your future with your dog
1: <laughs> this is great so Uh, Her name is Lola. I got her, I think, two years ago. It was actually a a birthday present uh, for my wife. And um, she has changed so much since then. Like, this skinny, shy little dog that we adopted, it's dead. It doesn't exist anymore. We have this chunky, (laughs) crazy just out of her mind little chihuahua wiener dog and like dude nothing i look at photos of when we first adopted her and i'm like who is this like this isn't even the same dog because she is so full of life and energy and like i love everything about her if i could change one thing about her though is um she she will attack other dogs sometimes um and she doesn't know that she's 13 pounds right she thinks she's a monster and she's not So, I mean, thankfully, like if you give her like 10 minutes, like there's, there's several dogs, like six or seven of them that she gets along with perfectly well, but it's because we did like a proper introduction, but it is, uh, it it can get a little, you know, frustrating sometimes when I'm walking her around and someone else comes up with their dog, all eager to let them play. And I'm like, bad idea, bad idea. Don't do it. Go away. (laughs) She's mean. She's mean. But other than that, she's perfect. She's great with people, great with kids. You know what I mean? She doesn't chew stuff. She doesn't go to the bathroom in the house. She just likes to play and like she's stuck to my hip, you know what I mean? She does she doesn't leave me alone. It's uh so I mean, she that little animal means the absolute world to me and I hope she is around. She's 4 years old now. Um I hope she's around for, you know, at least another decade uh because she's she's amazing and so full of attitude.
0: Did uh do you want to get another dog to add to the family?
1: So funny you say that. Um yes, I do. But Um, I I already told my wife that the next pet we get is going to be a cat because she really wanted one not too long ago and we weren't in a place to get one. We still aren't really in the best place to get one. So it's on hold. Uh, But I told her, you know, next pet we get, you get to pick it out. It's going to be a cat. But after we do that. I want I want a chocolate lab. I want and don't get me wrong, my dog, she loves adventures, she loves going out to the ranch, swimming, all that <laughs> stuff. But I want I want like a hunting dog. Yeah. Right. I want like something that's down to get wet and dirty and you know all that good stuff and be well behaved my dog if it's like 70 degrees out she's shaking she's freezing she's not built for it you know so (laughs) i i'd I'd like something a little more built for it and uh so that that time will come but uh, i'm just going to be patient because i already know the cat's coming next unfortunately
0: (laughs) so what car did you drive to texas and what car do you have now
1: Um, I had a shitty little, I think it was a 2009 Hyundai Accent, and like, this thing was missing door handles, it had, it it didn't have power windows, power nothing, like, everything was just completely manual, it had no features whatsoever, but I tell you what, I am grateful for that car, because it, it got me where I needed to be. Uh, but eventually she died. And, uh, so I, uh, I got a 2015 Ford F-150 XLT. Yeah. And, uh, she's big. I got the super cab. Like it's a really nice package that I got on it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not like a car person, you know what I mean? So it's not even that, but like, I love that truck so much. You know what I mean? And I'm not into, like, doing anything under the hood. Like, I do all your general maintenance, and I make sure she is spick and span and running like a good ship. But, like, I just – I love that truck and, like, the freedom it's brought me mm-hmm. to just kind of, like – I mean, just to get to uh, my wife's family ranch. Like, you have to cross a river, and, like, my Hyundai was not going to do that. <laughs> and I take that thing all over the place out there, man. Like, it's uh, – a it, it takes me anywhere that I want to go, I could throw anything in the back, like it's, uh, I mean, that, that truck, I, I shouldn't love it as much as I do, because it's just an item, but at the end of the day, I, I'm really proud of that vehicle, and I'm really grateful for everything that I'm able to do with it, so, means a lot to me.
0: You called her She, does she have a name?
1: Uh, I just call her Big Blue, um, <laughs> and uh, and she is a she is a woman. That's that's really that's really all I've ever determined. But yeah, she's she's a girl, and her name is Big Blue. Nice. So
0: nice. Yeah, Greg. The reason why I asked about you know your wife, your dog, your hobbies, your vehicle is because. This is the kind I know. It's like outside things, but I know internally the work you've done to get to these kind of places and these relationships with people, and you know your dog and your your truck. You know these are all. Would you say if you were still using, you would attain all this?
1: No, absolutely not. I I would have gotten none of it. I wouldn't have got you know. I wouldn't have got the just like the internal piece, the girl, any of this stuff. Um, and and just like you said these are all just additions they're just brownie points right like i got my life back and that's the most important but like i mean the cool thing of once you set that foundation is you can really start to expand you know uh things won't make you happy but like if you are you know connected and centered and well balanced like they can add joy to your life right they are not the source of your happiness but they can be additions to like your human experience and so still like them I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, Greg, our time is up. Um, not really. There's no timer. But um, is there any last thoughts, valuable lessons, things you want to leave on this podcast before we end?
1: Um, I would say if I could sum up like in one sentence or phrase or piece of advice, like what helped get me here. Um, and I still struggle with it to this day. So I'm not perfect. So bear with me. Um, but it would just be, you don't always know best. Um, because that once I had dropped that wall of like, Hey, someone else may have a better idea than I do right now. Um, that's what led to me getting sober and, uh, ultimately all the other good things that have come my way. So it would be, I don't always know best and someone probably knows better. So I'll end on that.
0: Thank you, Greg. Thank y'all for listening and staying tuned and always taking the time to, uh, to like me. All right. So. <laughs> Goodbye.